0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host Sean Meister and today I'm joined by uh, a truly global, uh, global Blue Noser. Uh, originally from East Chesukuk, uh Toby Schwartz has traveled throughout Asia during the course of her life, including living in uh, for numerous years in Bangladesh, Seoul, Beijing, Taiwan, and Singapore. She is a dip- diplomat working for Global Affairs Canada and is now based at headquarters in Ottawa with her family until she goes abroad again on her next posting. She's a proud Bluenoser whose uh, definitive Nova Scotia moments have included firing the noonday gun at the Halifax Citadel at least two dozen times while working there one summer as a soldier. Digging for clams at low tide on the eastern shore, moshing to the sweet me- melodies of Sloan at the McKinnis Room, and rivet ribbit, riveting her way through the streets of downtown as a tour guide on the Harbor Hopper. And Toby has a great Harbor Hopper story, so don't you dare close this episode until you've heard it. Thanks again to episode six guest Mike Kennedy for introducing me to Toby. This was uh, really a lot of fun to, to chat with her. And I owe you, Mike, uh, for once again thinking about how to help me with the show.
1: Uh, the sun was setting in the west and the birds were singing on every tree. And all oh, they just seemed inclined for a rest.
0: So Toby, thank you so much for joining the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great that we could make it work. So uh, I'm all about, you know, behind the scenes stuff. So we had lots of technical, uh, you know, interesting things to to get through to make this happen. So I'm glad we were able to make it work. You're on your phone now. So I'm hoping your arm doesn't go dead in over the next 45 minutes uh, as you're as you're trying to do this. So I no, I really do appreciate you doing this.
1: Yeah, absolute pleasure.
0: All right. So uh, we got connected thanks to uh, the, the wonderful Mike Kennedy, uh, a previous uh, guest on the show. So before we, we talk about you and your journey, I, I need to know, how, how do you know that wonderful man? <laughs>
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I haven't cleared sharing, you know, details of Mike's personal life yet with uh, with with him, but uh, Mike is actually the partner of my my sister, uh, Debbie Schwartz. Um, But I have to say that beyond that, actually, Mike uh, went to school with uh, with with the Schwartz girls. There are three of us, Um, so we've all kind of known Mike for a really really long time. He's from Porter's Lake, and we are from the small community of East Chesecook or Chesecook as the locals say, which is, which is right next door. So, so we've got hardcore Eastern shore roots.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like my entire life now is just finding that everybody knows him and is somehow connected to him. So it it, it was no surprise. I was like, I'm going to have another guest. Thanks to Mike. So I, I needed to know the story there. So, okay. um, It's a, it's the classic thing that there's mo- more than one intersection for, for how, how you guys know each other then.
1: Yeah. The classic Nova Scotia, like two degrees of separation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two is so far. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so we got that out of the way. So now I've uh, got that context, but now let's, let's learn a little bit about you. So I'd like to start every episode with uh, learning a bit about your journey, which has been, you've had a pretty interesting one from what I've, from what I've seen from even just looking at your LinkedIn profile. So maybe give us uh, you know, the, the summary of you're, you're in Ottawa now, but what's been your journey from, uh, from the small, the small town to, to where you are now?
1: Yeah, happy to do so. So, as I mentioned, I'm from East Cook, um and I lived there most of my sort of younger years of life. Um, however, when I was six years old, um, my family moved to Dhaka, to Bangladesh. So I lived there for about three and a half years when I was when I was a kid. And I would say that that sort of instilled in me um, a bit of wanderlust, a love of travel, um, but also a real deep connection with Asia, which will come back come come back around later. Um, so, so I was about nine and a half, came back to East Chesukuk, finished up my, uh, my, my high school in Nova Scotia. I went to high school in Halifax. Um, I went away for university, um, in Ontario. I did a year in Korea, um, an exchange in, in Seoul. And then when I was uh, just about to graduate, I was hired uh, as an intern at the Canadian embassy in Beijing. Um, So that sort of started my career with the government of Canada, with what was then, I believe it was Foreign Affairs Canada. We've gone through a number of name changes, but now Global Affairs Canada. Um, So when I came back from Beijing, after having finished my internship at the embassy, uh, I was hired uh, as a student because I I came back to do my master's degree uh, in Ottawa. Um, in international affairs, so I was hired as a student at Global Affairs Canada, um, and and never really left. I've I've stayed. Uh, I've stayed at Foreign Affairs. Um, I've worked on all different, uh, almost every country on Asia. I have worked on uh, throughout my career, um, and I've done postings in um, in Taipei, Taipei, uh, Taiwan. And uh, also posting most recently in Singapore. So I feel like probably about half of my life has been spent uh, on the other side of the planet. Um, but now I'm back in Ottawa. I'm working at headquarters for for a few years and then I'll probably go somewhere else again.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've been lucky enough to get to know uh, quite a few people over the last, say, five or six years at work for Global Affairs. Um, and... And that, that sort of rotation schedule of, you know, going every four years or so, a new posting, a new experience, it, it really is part of the identity, isn't it? Like, that, that, that really makes it, it what everyone sort of really identifies with is wanting to get out and explore. Um, it seems to be everyone I know there is like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cadre of us who are in the foreign service stream, so the rotational stream, that's sort of what we sign up for. That's a condition of employment that you agreed to do postings abroad. And that's what really drives us. I mean, when you're abroad, you're on the front lines of of diplomacy, of representing Canada around the world. And it is super exciting. Every day is interesting. Every day is a new experience. But above all else, you are so proud to be a canadian and be overseas and being and representing what what it means to be canadian and what what being what canada means what our values are internationally so yeah it's a it's a privilege really
0: well, from, from your journey, you definitely put the global in the global blue noser uh, for, for for this podcast, but I'm kind of curious, so um, you're probably the second person, most people I've had on the show, like, they, they left Nova Scotia for the first time, for any amount of time later in life, and now you'd probably be the second person that has did it, you know, as a child. Now, you know, six is a, is an interesting age, you kind of just roll with it, but I'm kind of curious, like, do you remember much of what it was like, I mean... I, I, I barely know East Chesapeake, and I can never even actually ever say the name properly. I have to think so consciously to say it properly. And I don't know if I ever do. But do you remember much what it was like to leave that environment to, to go to Bangladesh at, at such a young age?
1: I have snippets of memories of of leaving, uh, to be honest. <laughs> so there are four kids in my family. And the biggest deal for us when we moved abroad was leaving behind our dog. <laughs> we were all really, really traumatized by the fact that we had to leave our dog behind. Um, So I remember that. I remember my mom really struggling with the departure and adjusting to life overseas like that was that was hard for her, although it didn't take long. And then, you know, and then and then you're into the, you know, oh, do we have to come home now? You know, life abroad is pretty exciting. Um, So like there are bits and pieces of it, but definitely I remember a lot more from, you know, my sort of latter part of living in there and then, of course, the transition to coming home
0: yeah so that's the other part I was gonna ask is like I grew up small town like you know to be somebody that did that and then come back so when you're it was you said you were nine when you came back yeah um so was that something that was a bit of a novelty for for kids in a small town to have somebody that they knew that had been like on the other side of the planet or was it kind of just like what a lot of kids are like which is just like shoulder shrug and it's like all right let's just go play
1: Yeah, I would say probably more so the latter, right? Like, Bangladesh is a pretty far place. And, you know, I can't say that a a lot of people have, you know, sort of a frame of reference for, like, what was life like on the other side of the planet in a country that, you know, is extremely different from, from, from anything that... You know, most people know. Um, so I would say that it was, it was more sort of the, the 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 shoulder shrug and let's go play. And when I'd be like, "Oh, in Bangladesh, we did this," their kids were kind of like, "Oh, okay." <laughs>
0: yeah good good for you but
1: you know what even as adults right like it's hard for people if if you don't have a frame of reference for for where that person has been and a way to relate to it even for adults i would say you know sometimes it's it's hard to really it's hard to really understand or or know how to talk about uh you know i think a lot of people who go abroad experience this right
0: yeah definitely it's um it's a very common theme I hear from people uh, around that. So, but the one thing I—I I, actually, this is probably more for me than anything. Is I East Chesapeake is not a place that I spent a lot of time roaming through. Even the whole <laughs> sort of up, up that way, I didn't go that much as a kid. So maybe explain to us your your hometown. What 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 is a place like East Chesapeake like?
1: So I have so many thoughts about this. So w- the first thing I would say is. East Chesapeake has the world's most genuine, kind, and warm people. Um, I absolutely adore wearing from. And I would say that growing up, you know, you don't always appreciate it, right? You're in the kid, you grow, you're a kid, you're in the boonies, um, yeah. you know, there's, there, you know, it's, There's not always a ton going on, Um, but you know, you grow up outside, uh, running around, playing with the kids in your neighborhood, going on your bike. It's totally safe, Um, and uh, your neighbors are your family. And this is the one thing. Like when I reflect on what what East Chesapeake means to me, and you know, you're you're in a very rural community. When you run out of eggs. You don't drive 20 minutes to the store. You go next door. Um, And, uh, you know, your neighbors look after you and you look after them. And there's no questions asked. That just is um and so that i have really really missed since i have left because i don't know that there are that many places in the world outside of nova scotia maybe some other parts of the east coast where you have that feeling where i really genuinely feel like particularly our next door neighbors you know they are our family and my mom is still in tesecook she's there by herself and and our neighbors they they look out for her they look after her they plow her driveway they drop her off baked goods um and I don't really have to worry about her because I know that they are there and they are looking after her the way that anyone in her family would um the other thing I would say is you know you said East has a cook as a town I never <laughs> refer to it as a town because so that's a stretch <laughs> I refer to it as a community, um, and the way I describe it to people in Ontario what I'm saying I'm talking about where I grew up and what it was like, and I'm like, you know, how I would how how I would explain to you like the fact that this is sort of rural is like the closest traffic light to where I grew up is about a fifteen to twenty minute drive. <laughs> and people get a kick out of that so it's a community it's a tight-knit community but I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly call it a town
0: <laughs> and, and so this was going to be my my next question because this is all for, for for me right now and and I apologize for everyone that that is now listening to me wanting to learn more about about Chess Cook. um so like for me I grew up in Neuros and like the i always think about how i describe the town is like literally it had one intersection um, <laughs> and it was the 40s road and highway 12 and they came together and we called it the cross and we still do it's like it's the cross because it's like that's where the two roads cross yeah and there's a church and a church and a home hardware and a needs convenience store and a gas station and yeah that's that's that so for for your home it what are some of the the the, the like the the main places in in the community are do you have any of those spots or is it like really really out there
1: um. So there's a couple of places, and one one I almost hesitate to share because it's a bit of a local secret. But we've got a pretty awesome beach. Um, it's been somewhat discovered, particularly by the surfing community. But in Lower East Chesapeake, right at the end of the road, there's a great little off the beaten path beach. Um, that we all love. Um, so that's one of the places. Um, the other one, well, it's almost in, it, it's, it's in head Chesapeake now. Um, but, uh, but it's called the old post office. So it used to be the post office. And I've got a funny story about that if you want to come back to it. Um, but it then became a convenience store. And so now you didn't have to drive as soon as it became a convenience store, you didn't have to drive 20 minutes for your, for your eggs. Um, you could just go to the old post office. And I don't think that's the actual name of it. Like, I think there's actually a name of the store, but to locals, it's the old post office. And it's where, you know, as kids, when it opened, we'd go get our five cent candy and this and that. Um, And then the other landmark is actually right in front of the house where I grew up, which is now this awesome walking and cycling trail. Um, which runs right right in front of the house, um, and it's beautiful, and it's really been adopted by by the local community. There are like these really cool wooden sculptures there, and painted rocks that are sort of hidden along, and some people even put out coloring books on a on a bench for the kids, um, and uh, and it's called the Rail Trail, um, but it's right in front of my mom's house and the house where I grew up, which actually used to be. Uh, a hotel. So when the rail line, the old rail line, which is now the trail, uh, was in operation, you know, decades and decades ago, um, my house where I grew up and used to be a bed and breakfast. And so the the story has it or legend has it that politicians or the well-heeled in Halifax would come out maybe with their mistresses on the weekends. They would take the rail uh, out and they would come and they would stay at this bed and breakfast called the belle claire um and and spend the weekend there um so so actually that that house is also one of the local uh, landmarks in Chesicook
0: i i love it so i i gotta so you said there's a story to the post office um <laughs> so before we go further like you you can't drop that I'm get, i I got to come back to it okay. I, I need to know
1: so I think it's hilarious. I hope I tell it properly. So when my parents, who, who moved from Prince Edward Island to Nova Scotia in 1980, so just before I was born, they moved, they bought this house, they really liked it, but they didn't know much about the area. So my dad said when they moved in, they didn't actually know how to say Chesapeake. Cook. So my dad goes to the post office and he walks up to the woman there who's working there and he goes, how do you pronounce... The, the name of the community where we are and she goes well dear it's pronounced just the way it's spelled c-h-e-z-z-e-t-c-o-o-k chesncook <laughs> anyway i just i just love it because everybody calls him Cook. nobody knows why it's not spelled with an n but anyway so that's uh, my story
0: (laughs) that is that is so Nova scotia and and so and so beautiful i love that so much um (laughs) i i i I actually really wish we were recording video because i wish everyone could see how much you you're beaming when you're talking about home and like like how much the place means to you so to i mean i i did it so many everyone on the show is on it but so like to then leave and go into the world you had that instilled in you young you know it's it's obviously tough to leave home but you know what was that feeling like when you then went out into the world afterwards uh to leave home how 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 did that feel
1: um so hmm, it's an interesting question um so i i i went Actually, I skipped over one thing when I was talking about my journey. So right after high school, my sister and I went and we traveled around Bangladesh, India, Nepal for a year. We backpacked around. I still don't know why my parents said yes to that. I was 18 years old. Um, but uh, but anyway, it was a wonderful trip. And and Asia was co- kind of our second home. So that actually wasn't really an adjustment for us. You know, we were traveling. We were abroad. Where I really felt something and that something was sort of different. I guess it was actually when I moved back and I and I went to um, I went to university in Ontario at, uh, at in London, Ontario at, to Western. And it's funny because I had never had culture shock when I was traveling around Asia um, that that year prior. But I had a bit of culture shock when I got to London, Ontario. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I guess it was my first time living in a different city in Canada. So it was a bit of a realization for me that like, oh, yeah, not everywhere is like the Maritimes, you know, <laughs> not not everywhere is like the East Coast. Um, And so it was a little bit weird to feel like I was landlocked and not on the ocean. And it was a little bit weird to get used to like people not being used to you chatting them up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I felt that a little bit in Ottawa, too, like. Again, when you're in rural Nova Scotia, uh, you know, you're waiting in line at the grocery store, like, you're not going to stand there and there's somebody else waiting behind you and not talk to each other, right? Like, you're going to chat them up. Exactly. So, yeah. Everywhere. You talk to people. You say hello when you walk down the street. You make eye contact. You say hi. How you doing? Um, we're, just, we're just chatty by nature. Um, and so I had to check that a little bit. I would say when I, when I left the East coast, I mean, you can tell I'm still a very, very chatty person. Um, but it's just, you know, that, that instinct, uh, that instinct isn't necessarily there outside of the East coast, I'd say.
0: That, yeah, I, I would, I would tend to agree, uh, having lived in Ontario myself, uh, yeah, it's, it's not everywhere. Um, but the one thing I find, so I was lucky enough, in in my last job to, you know, support a lot of trade missions and stuff into Asia for Nova Scotia companies and things like that, which was really fascinating. I didn't go on the trips myself, but always supported. I remember talking to colleagues that regularly went to Asia and they'd comment on how being an East Coaster actually made them more successful in Asia at a business mm-hmm. level. Um, they just found that the cultures had a really good way to connect because of some of the sort of core ideals of relationship building and things like that for so knowing how much experience you've had in that region I'm curious did was that a bit of did you see any of that yourself in terms of being a Nova Scotian helped you in in the acclimation to uh working in in Asia across various countries
1: yeah you know what that's a really interesting point that you make and I hadn't thought it of it that way. Like when I was when I was sort of thinking through for this interview, you know, what I was, what I was gonna, you know, my reflections on sort of being in Nova Scotians I was more thinking about it from a work perspective and relationship building. Um but you're right, like even outside of work, I would say, you know, we have a couple of uh really special um sort of I don't know if competitive advantages is the right word, but we're, I think Nova Scotians are inherently very, very open, and really good at talking to people, Um, sort of no matter who you are. Um, And, you know, we're, we're open minded people. So, and, and, and interested in others. Um, And so, you know, I would say that, yeah, just sort of being able to to talk to other people and being super open and warm. I feel like no matter what culture you are in, in, no matter where you're traveling, people can sense a warmth and are, are more willing to open up to you. And and I think whenever you're traveling, wherever you're traveling, that's super, super helpful. And it also helps you make friends wherever you go. Right. Like if you're if you're if you're quiet and introverted or or you know not super used to approaching people like that doesn't make life easy abroad whether it's in a work context or whether it's just sort of adjusting to a life somewhere um so i would absolutely agree with you i think i think that gives us a leg up for sure
0: yeah i i've often found like i've had people mention just the idea of like the fact that especially east coasters and and i think you could say pretty much all four atlantic provinces get can benefit Mm -hmm. from this is like you know when we ask like how's it going or how you're doing and like we're like we literally like we want to know like how are you doing (laughs) and like it's 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 there's an authenticity to wanting to know um how how someone's doing and connect with them at a at a at a bit of a deeper level and i i never realized that until i left that you know sort of the people walking by and doing a head nod, like how you doing they're like it's just a hello whereas Mm, I remember when I first left someone's like how you doing I was like oh I'm actually doing pretty well thanks and (laughs) they'd look at me like what's wrong with you and I never really realized how much we wanted to understand how others are doing and how much we want to connect with them
1: yeah yeah it's not just tokenism
0: exactly there's there's I mean when you talk as much as us you got to want to you got to want to hear the answers (laughs) because otherwise you wouldn't chat this much (laughs)
1: That is so true.
0: Um, so, for you, when you you know going out in, into the world and doing the work that you've done and and continue to do and living where you have, how do you think uh, being a Nova Scotian has has made you successful in in these endeavors? And what what are some of the the benefits you you find in your professional life from being a Nova Scotian?
1: So, I think that you know I, I'm a diplomat, so. By nature, diplomacy is all about talking to people. And it's all about relationships. Um And uh, I would say that, you know, networking and having those relationships is absolutely fundamental sort of basic skill that you need to have as a diplomat. You know, if something happens, if there's a crisis, if there's an emergency, you need to know who to call. And ideally you've got a good relationship with that person um, so that you can find a solution um, or, you know, you can get important information, valuable information. You can advocate on behalf of Canadians or Canadian interests. Um, So I think, you know, the ability to talk to people, not being shy, um, you know, to have a really strong network of people that know that you're genuine, you know, you mentioned auth- authenticity, mm-hmm. um, uh, because sometimes you have to deliver difficult messages too, right? That's also part of what we do. Um, so you need to be able to deliver those in a way that's, um, appropriate to who you're, who you're speaking to, um and and in a way that's authentic you know so the other side can understand where you're coming from so I really do think that um my you know maybe sometimes I I talk too much (laughs) I'm a bit overzealous Um, but I think sometimes that really helps me um meet people to sort of break through sometimes like you know a little bit of the ice when you're meeting new people and you know diplomacy is about talking in relationships but it's also a very formal profession and there can be a lot of um ice that you need to break sometimes um and so i'm 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 comfortable with that like i feel like i can be laid back and relate to people on a human level and that that comes from my upbringing and my culture as a nova scotian And i would say the other thing is um this is kind of related to your question but i don't want to i don't want to forget to say it so i'm i'm throwing it in here
0: Br- bring it in
1: <laughs> is that um, Nova Scotians are also really excited when we meet other Nova Scotians either outside of Nova Scotia or abroad so like also like finding a network of, of interesting Nova Scotians like as a diplomat Nova Scotians who like are, are working in the business sector in in countries where 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 you're posted or you know Nova Scotians are all, all over the world doing really interesting things and as soon as we meet each other we're super excited because we just know right? You meet another one and you just know, like, you're good peeps. You're my peeps. Um, and so, and so, you know, you you grow your network, but you also have this like strong community, no matter where you are, that sort of makes you feel like home. Um, and I, I'll tell you this one hilarious story. I, I went to a very, very small school in Halifax called the Halifax Grammar School for high school, tiny 30 people in my grade. Um, at the time when I when I graduated, and I met one of my classmates in in singapore who was also there doing something totally different and you know it was just anyway these connections are incredible i don't know where i'm going with this story but i was super excited to see him he was super excited to see me and we're like yes we're in this like we are nova scotians in asia doing our thing and you know it was great
0: (laughs) it's and it's it's actually a little bit um it's it's a bit creepy because I was actually the question I was gonna ask was about meeting other Nova Scotians when you <laughs> finished that other answer. So that's I mean, it's like you already knew what I was gonna ask, but I mean and that's what I'm kind of curious about is is that moment of realization when someone's from home, like I know it's hard to describe, but what is what does that feel like when you're when you're out in the world and you know, that you hear that particular way of saying something or the person you know says something that immediately you're like oh my god yes those they're, they're from nova scotia. what what's that realization feel like
1: oh yeah it's, it's pretty awesome because you're like yes yes i can let it all out i'm gonna say what a sin. i'm gonna say guan <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna let my like nova scotia shine through and you are gonna get me <laughs> and we can talk about what's going on at home you know what's in the news what are you know um yeah it's a great feeling you're you're insta friends yes, not instagram like instant friends basically yeah it's
0: uh i always found that it's it was amazing how quickly the the trust between each other was just right there like immediately you're like okay i now have that person i got i've got another person because going back to kind of what you were saying is I always found in Nova Scotia, like, everybody knew everybody, but Mm -hmm. behind it all, the ability to, like, pick up the phone and call a person that could make something happen, that's currency in -hmm. in Nova Scotia, probably more than anything, because you want to be able to, because everybody knows everyone, the strength of your relationship with that person to be able to get to where you need to go is is the currency, and Mm -hmm. so um, that is so critical. I mean, in your work and the work that I've done in the past, but but even then to yeah just meet somebody and and know okay there we go that's a solid person now that i can stash away and they they're they're part of my crew is it's pretty important
1: oh absolutely and and you realize very quickly this whole 2 degrees of separation thing right they're like where did you go to high school where did you grow up and then like inevitably you like know their sister or something you know
0: <laughs> i and and i always tried to fight against that when i was living away i'd be like it's not I don't know everybody. And then they'd be like, oh, but do you know so-and-so? He's like, well, yeah, I know them, but I don't know everyone. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, you can just stop fighting it. Cause
0: <laughs> I, now I've embraced it, but I was exactly. just like, just, just like when I was living away and was trying to like, bring down my accent. Now I'm just like, no, now I try to find ways to feed it. So it's just like, I fully embraced it, which is important. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so okay so you know thinking about a few different things here and I and I want to I want to be able to get er- everything into the conversation but I I don't want to um you know miss talking about some of the the other oh, bigger topics which is um for you going through this journey of being an expat and being away from home and everything what how often do you find yourself getting that thats that sort of deep sense of homesickness in in your life is is that there or because you've you're you've kind of been a traveler by nature and a lot of yeah. is it not there as much like i'm i'm curious
1: oh it's always there i i mean i wouldn't say homesickness because i've gotten used to it right i've I've lived away for for a long time. Um, but, um, but, you know, my mom still lives in the house that I grew up in. Um, my father, my father's in Halifax. Um, you know, lots of friends are still there. So I come home. I I try to come home at least a couple of times a year. Um, We also have a a place that we go to in Prince Edward Island. And so, which is another place that's very near and dear to me. Um, So, you know, I just try to get back as much as I can. I try to stay connected and in touch with everybody. Um, So, so it's always there. Like I'm, I'm very proud of where I'm from. You know, there's not, there, there are there are some Nova Scotians in the foreign service, but you know, not just by virtue of numbers. Like there aren't as many of us as people. So I'm always talking about where I'm from, um, and I, I'm I'm really really proud of it um I guess the one the one time when I really felt homesick was actually during COVID when I was in Singapore and borders were closed everywhere and I realized that even if I was in Ottawa it would have been difficult to get into the east coast um given all the restrictions that were in place um but I but I really felt it there because I was far away and I just couldn't come home and uh and uh you know it was it was funny. So when we were, we were moving home, sort of towards the, the the tail end of COVID, I guess it was in twenty twenty one in the summer. So you know, a year and a half in we were moving home and everything was still locked down, but restrictions were starting to lift. And we didn't know where we were going to be able to quarantine. We were trying to figure it out. Could we Could we come in? Because we hadn't been home in so long. Could we come into Nova Scotia? Could we get into PEI? We were traveling from abroad. You know, you go on the websites and there's nothing about travelers from abroad because no one was traveling. So we were trying to figure it out and trying to figure it out. And I, I, there was some kind of 1-800 or something number you could call to ask, like some kind of hotline. So I call and this guy answers in Nova Scotia. And 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 I said, you know, what are the rules? And he said, we're in phase one, but there's all these phases. And I was like, okay. And I just started pouring my heart out to him. I was like, I haven't been home in so long. And I'm coming from Singapore and I really need to get there. And he goes, don't you worry, dear. Like, it's going to happen. Things are in a good direction. Like, you're going to get home. And he just started, like, he was giving me, like, a pep talk. And I wanted to burst into tears. Like, I was just like... I'm talking to this man in Nova Scotia and he's, he's telling me what I need with this beautiful accent. And I hung up the phone and I was telling my husband, I was like, those are my people. I felt so homesick. Like he was so encouraging, but I was so homesick at that moment. And so that's that's when I when I absolutely most felt it, <laughs> and also most loved it at the same time.
0: <laughs> it, it's it's it says pretty much everything you need to say about Nova Scotia when someone's intense kindness is what drove the most homesickness. Like <laughs> that's that right? when that kicks it off, that tells you everything you need. Um, yeah, no, I I talked to so many uh people away during COVID and that that really sort of set the foundation for this this entire show because I just had so many emotional conversations with people during that time. Um and I just felt so bad uh for people just literally not able to get home and, and um that that was a that was a tough time and and so many people still they point to that and they're like, that was probably the worst those were the probably the worst years of my time away. Everything else I could handle, but those were the worst.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure. And it was also the time where I say I'm most seriously consider to move back home like I know a lot of people went back home during COVID or, or right after you know it was sort of you know it just raises a lot of questions about do I want to be away from my family anymore where do I really want to you know spend the rest of my years um and and we really seriously considered it in the end it, it just didn't sort of make sense at that time but um but I'm so envious when I hear about people even who work who work with me who've just who've taken you know taken the taking the risk so to speak of leaving their jobs and moving back home i'm like ah that's so exciting
0: (laughs) it's no it's uh and there's a there's a lot of them did it it's amazing how many people have come home and and that i've talked to or so yeah i I could see why that could happen but um to to do a really hard pivot off of that i i the whole reason that that mike uh connected us was he made he made a comment about the the harbor hopper uh (laughs)
1: I knew this was coming.
0: And I didn't want to put it right at the beginning of the show. I thought, we let's, let's go through some serious stuff and really dig in. But then let's make sure we get to the Harbor Hopper. And so I'm not going to set any context because I just want you to t- tell us your connection to the Harbor Hopper and what it means to you.
1: All right. All right. I love it. I love it. I knew this was coming. No, it's a good question. So, um, I oftentimes during university, I would come home and I would have summer jobs and, uh, I worked, uh, in tourism for most of those summers. So actually even before Harper Harper, I spent two years working at the Halifax Citadel. Um, and my first year I was 17 years old. So this is right after high school. Uh, I was a, I was a soldier. A military interpreter. I cut off all of my hair. I was almost irked to know that they don't make people do it anymore because I had to do it back in my day. <laughs> I was one of two female soldiers, although you wouldn't have been able to tell by looking at me. Um, that was my first summer. That was quite the experience. Um, and uh, and then my second summer, I was I was a I was a soldier's wife, so thankfully I could leave my you know my my long hair. Uh, and then I started working at Harper Hopper. Um, I, I, for the following for the next two summers so my my second summer uh working at the harbor hopper um there was there was a there was this gentleman that worked with me um who i thought was kind of cute um and we were colleagues and we kept it very professional Um, but, uh, and I was his supervisor, so, you know, I was very professional, um, but we were both tour guides and, uh, and had a great time at Harbor Hopper. Um, and, and that, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but that man is now my husband. Um, (laughs) so that was, that was 20, uh, 2002 when we worked together. So, um, so a long time ago now. Yeah. So this was like the early years of Harbor Hopper operations, um and so so every summer when we do go back to nova scotia and uh and you know have a walk around the waterfront we have to we take the obligatory family photo in front of the hopper so i have one from just a couple weeks ago when i was back home with with my husband dave and i and our and our two kids and our and our dog right in front of the harbor (laughs)
0: Hopper. i mean for anyone that's had the joy of watching the hopper drive through town and absolutely scream its engine over and like anytime I'm having a meeting outside and it drives by everyone just stops so it can go past. Um, it doesn't scream romance when you look at it going by, but (laughs) I, I, I'm so happy that, that, that could be, uh, where, where that all started for you. It's, It's just a beautiful story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually pretty funny because he's not from Halifax. Um, but, uh, so sort of a series of coincidences led him there. Um, And so, you know, he started as a tour guide at the Harbour Hopper, having only ever really spent a few days in Halifax prior. And so um, he, he tells a funny story of like, you know, tourists would come up to the ticket booth and say hey, you know, how do I get to, um, I don't know, like Spring Garden Road or, you know, one of the places that you pointed out in your tour. And and Dave would be like, oh, gosh, I only know the tour route. Like, I don't actually, <laughs> I don't know anything but the tour route. So he'd be like, you know, go up Prince Street, go up, go around Citadel Hill, you know, <laughs> come back down, go blah, 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 blah. And like, he'd give them the tour route because that was the only thing he knew <laughs> faked so it you know he learned the route he learned the history he learned all the jokes but yeah yeah it, it was not not a romantic place to work but it was a lot of fun we had a blast <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah though no, I think uh I I I really love that story I know when when Mike sent the message and said that I was like we definitely have to have a conversation just from that simple introduction that he made um it's that's so good um yeah
1: yeah, I don't know that the that the good folks who own Harbor Hopper Tours now have any clue that you know a uh, uh, a marriage was sort of you know the foundations happened during that, but the night before our wedding, all of our out of town guests, we we chartered the hopper, and we took all of our out of town guests on our like sort of like I wouldn't I would say PG rated sort of. <laughs> um, um, uh hopper tour halifax like, city tour and we we had a blast and our guests just absolutely
0: loved it oh that that's just a bonus to the story i didn't even know that was coming that <laughs> you incorporated that's that is just wonderful uh i mean it's it's such an iconic part of of halifax that that hopper and, i mean i i absolutely love it so well i'm i'm glad i'm glad about that so Now that we've, that, you know, we've really broken the ice into the not serious stuff by, by talking about the hopper. So, um, every, you know, for me, I, like I would say food and, and drink and music, that was all huge stuff for me when I was living away. That was kind of my, my antidote for, for homesickness was to bring a bunch of food back with me wherever I was. Or so for you, what are, what are some of the, what are some of the flavors and places around home that maybe, uh you kind of wish you could snap your fingers and have right there where you're at now.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to have to say, I love Nova Scotian wine and I always talk about it wherever I go. Cause people are always talking about Ontario and BC wines and everything. And not a lot of people realize outside of Nova Scotia, how awesome our wine, our wine industry is and how, how, yeah, yeah, fabulous. The products are, and it's really a shame that you can't get more of them outside of Nova Scotia. Um, so, you know, I would say like a nice bottle of Tidal Bay, bring it, you know, paired with like, uh, some fresh seafood. Um, uh, that, that's, definitely definitely top of my list so um I would also say that we've really gotten into the ironworks maple rum um so (laughs) whenever somebody comes to visit me in Ottawa that's kind of the price of admission (laughs) um on the eastern shore there's a couple really great fish and chips places there's gazoons in Porter's Lake there's harbor fish and fries on the way to Martinique Beach um that's really really great so you know those are the things that stand out but to be honest like nothing beats um well i would say you know yeah some nice fresh fish uh, actually one of our former harbor hopper drivers um, who's from Barrington Nova Scotia is actually a fishmonger and he sells his stuff in Musquodoboit Harbour which is right on the eastern shore as well so so my mom goes there she buys her fresh fish from jonesy who always asks how toby and dave from harbor hopper are doing and uh, yeah it it lives on it lives on um and uh so you know she'll make some great some great fish my mom and then and then you know a salad with stuff that's fresh from her veggie garden and uh, i don't know to me there's nothing better and there's nothing that says more like that really um sort of embodies like a delicious summer meal than that for me. So those would be my top ones, I'd say.
0: I mean, if you're getting the seafood and the fish and stuff from, from Barrington, that's legit. Like that, right? that is, that's right in the, the heart of, of, of seafood country. So that, that is definitely that is. I mean, just from what you've said, I think I've painted a picture of what he looks like in my mind and I'm probably not wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a, what a great spot. Um, but I, I do want to like, highlight draw a box around the wine industry because i i we still are not getting the credit we deserve Mm -hmm. as a province for that and i just last week i was having a client dinner with some people that were in from ontario and the one guy was like every time i come he's like the first place i go when i'm done meetings is the annapolis valley because he's like you guys have like this like quietly amazing wine industry and i'm like we're not trying to be quiet. It's like it's out there. It's amazing and I, I I wish more people understood how great it what it is. Yeah,
1: and Nova 7 is apparently now available at the LCBO in Ontario. So, so I will be hitting that up.
0: Dangerous. <laughs> dangerous.
1: Dangerous but very exciting. And you know what one other thing, if I can give one more shout out on the, on the food front, and this is a, this is a new relative newcomer, but it's peace by chocolate.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, they are amazing and um I actually started ordering their stuff when I was in Singapore um and giving out um like a sort of like promo items to promote Canada some of their chocolate because you know it's got the maple leaf emblazoned on it um they've got their pride series um you know and they've got them the east coast series with the imagine on it (laughs) like I love I love their story, their strength, how the community, you know, embrace them and they embrace the community. I mean, it is such a beautiful story and now they've got this big store on the Halifax waterfront. Um and so so when I go home, I bring back Peace by Chocolate to share with everyone.
0: I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Peace by Chocolate is is like you say, I mean, such a great story, such a great product, such great people. Um and for me, the the top the top bar for me is the right some good, probably just when it says right some good, but it's, it's got blueberries in it, which is like the perfect, I mean, it's like Nova Scotia flag says right some good and it's got blueberries in it. I mean, you can't go wrong. It's completely Nova Scotian. Um, and yeah, their, their store on the, on the waterfront is, is absolutely amazing. So no, I'm glad you mentioned that. All right. So that that's so great. So um, now that we're we're, we've gone through the food, we've gone through everything else. um, It is the time for the the ultimate question for everybody. Um, I I need to know if you had only 24 hours in Nova Scotia, how are you going to spend that time?
1: So that's a really, really tough one, because I could do like, like the the beach day, or I could do the like, Halifax like sort of going around to my favorite haunts day I'm gonna say if the sun is shining it's 100% I'm at the beach like everybody knows in the east coast if it's a beach day like you don't know when the next one is gonna come so you see the day <laughs> right so you don't mess around so you pack up your picnic and you head down to Martinique Beach um or 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 my my secret beach which i have now revealed to the world um and you spend as many hours on that beach as you possibly can ideally with a with a bottle of wine or some beers um and and your best friends and you tell stories and have laughs and and have the best day ever on the way home you know stopping in for some fish and chips uh, at harbor fish and fries or uh, or for ice cream at, uh, at polar express which is on the way home from the beach, um, come home, watch the sunset um, over over the, the salt marsh, which is just, just near, just out front of where I grew up. Um, and you sit outside with your family and friends. And then the stars. Oh, my gosh. I don't think people from home realize, maybe they do, how amazing the stars are because there's such little light pollution. And so, you know, they're just absolutely epic and you don't get that when you're in a city you don't get that in ottawa um so for me it's kind of a chill peaceful day taking in taking in the beach and the stars and the sunsets um and the beauty of nova scotia um if it's if it's a rainy day you know then i go into halifax i go on spring garden road there's some great little indie shops that i love going to just off of spring garden um Having a, having a stroll along the waterfront, like that has changed epically since I was there working on Harbor Harbor Tours. I can't even believe it when I walk around the waterfront. Um, and maybe going to downtown Dartmouth for, uh, for some, some meals and some kind of, you know, hitting up, um, hitting up like some of the gift shops to get some of my maritime swag. Um, but it's always about, you know, good times with your friends. Um and uh and making sure that you're spending quality time with the people that you love. So when I go home, that's what I focus on.
0: Uh, that's that's absolutely perfect. Um and I'm I'm so glad you mentioned the the stars because um it's six years that I've been home and I still almost every night go out and just stand in my backyard and look up because it's just it's so bright like the the stars are so bright um and so i just yeah i did not have that in hamilton uh, so uh it's uh no i i'm i'm really glad you mentioned that well i think i think that sounds perfect both options um i think two you you gave two choices for 24 hours which i think are perfect um but more than anything toby i just want to say thanks so much for for taking the time at the end of a work day to to come on and talk about home
1: yeah, I know. It's an absolute pleasure. It actually has like warmed my heart uh, to spend this hour talking to somebody who clearly loves Nova Scotia as much as I do. I don't get to gush this much um, and very often at all. So thank you. Oh, um,
0: I mean, I uh, I do not need an excuse to sit and talk about Nova Scotia for an hour. So the, the fact that, <laughs> that there are people like you out there that are willing to entertain me, um, it's a dream come true. So no, I, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.
0: So at one point in the episode, I just made a comment about how I really wished we were doing... A video recording for this episode so you could see toby when she was talking about home and i just i need to reinforce that it was really fun to watch uh one of you know one of our nova scotians out in the world the way that she lit up talking about home um i could feel it i remember that feeling of when you had the chance to talk about home how important it was uh and how much it brought out you know, a part of you that you kind of save for those moments, uh, and for, for with other Nova Scotians. And so absolutely loved it. Um, I think it, it is undeniable that Toby absolutely loves this province. And she said a lot of stuff that I'd actually love to talk more about, but there were a couple of things that I, I wanted to mention again, because I think they deserve highlighting aside from just the, numerous great stories about Chesapeake and how I've said that word more than I think I've ever said it in my life in the lead up and during this, this episode. But two things. First of all, I never cease to be amazed by how well Nova Scotians perform on the world stage. So Toby, as a diplomat uh, working for Global Affairs Canada around the world, and in some of my previous roles, getting the having you know the honor to to work with uh, companies that were selling you know Nova Scotia product around the world, it really is something to to watch how well Nova Scotians do when you put them out into the world and say, go build relationships and and try to be successful. We we really are. Uh, a fascinating group of people to see out in the world because we're just really good um at going out and creating trust um and when i talk to people who work in various roles around the world that is something that gets highlighted quite a bit and I, i really do think we we should celebrate how for a small province that for you know for a lot of us we grew up just you know here in the province maybe not traveling uh, that much we do really really well on the world stage so that's number one number two i loved that toby brought up the experience of when you meet another nova scotian when you're out living somewhere else the pure joy of that moment is indescribable only someone who has experienced that where you've been living away for a little while and you're just going about your your day trying to not think about Nova Scotia because it makes you homesick and suddenly you hear something or somebody says something or they introduce themselves and they they happen to say that they're from Nova Scotia that instant that 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 moment where you realize you're there face to face with someone else from home unbelievable it was probably the the highlight of my life every time it happened when i was living away and the fact that toby brought it up um and you could hear it in the way that she said it that that really forms the foundation of so much of why i love to do this show is you know even if you're not able to meet the person face to face if you're living away and you get to hear these stories of somebody from home and it resonates with you uh i think you know there's a little bit of that moment in that too or at least that's what i've heard from people and it's also why i'm going out and hosting our sociable kitchen parties around the world is because I love the idea of bringing a group of Nova Scotians together in a room to meet each other for the first time. Uh, I think that's going to be magic. So we're going to find out when I host the first one in Dallas in, uh, on October 19th of, uh, of this year. Um, and I'll definitely be recording content there to hopefully capturing some of those moments as people meet, you know, a few dozen other Nova Scotians for the first time. So yeah, rambling on a little bit here, but I honestly loved everything about that conversation. It was tough to get going. We had technical difficulties. And then once we started chatting, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to love this conversation. And I did. And so I hope you did too. Global Blue Nosers is a some good media and entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. All the music used on the show is by Ludenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So give us a follow. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate a five-star review wherever you're listening today. And make sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite uh, platform so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to welcome you back again next week.